Last time on King Lear. I thought the king had more affected the Duke of Albany than Cornwall. It did always seem so to us. Meantime, we shall express our darker purpose. Give me the map there. Which of you shall we say doth love us most? Sir, I love you more than word can wield the matter. I am made of that self-metal as my sister, and prize me at her worth. Only, she comes too short. How now, Cordelia? Mend your speech a little. Good, my lord. Why have my sister's husbands if they say they love you all? Good, my liege. Peace, Kent! Why brand they us with base? Baseness. Bastardy base. Now, gods, stand up for bastards. How now, daughter? What makes that frontlet on? It thinks you are too much of late in the frown. You strike my people, and your disordered rabble make servants of their betters! And the noble and true-hearted Kent vanished. His offense? Honesty! Tis strange! King Lear by William Shakespeare Adapted for audio and directed by Daniel G. Hussan Gloucester's Castle. Enter Edgar and Edmund separately. Oh, sir, fly this place. Intelligence is given where you are hid. You have now the good advantage of the night. Have you not spoken against the Duke of Cornwall? Advise yourself. I am sure on it. Not a word. I hear my father coming. Pardon me. In cunning, I must draw my sword upon you. Draw! Seem to defend yourself. Now, quit you well. Yield! Come before my father! Light ho! Here! Fly, brother! Torches! Torches! So, farewell! Edgar exits. Some blood drawn on me would beget opinion of my more fierce endeavor. I've seen drunkards do more than this in sport. Father! Father! Stop! Stop! No help? Enter Gloucester and servants. Now, Edmund, where's the villain? Here stood he in the dark, his sharp sword out, mumbling of wicked charms, conjuring the moon to stand auspicious mistress. But, but, where, but where is he? Look, sir, I bleed. Where is the villain, Edmund? Fled this way, sir, when by no means he could... Pursue him. Ho, go after. By no means what? Persuade me to the murder of your lordship. Not in this land shall he remain uncaught. And found dispatch. The noble duke, my master, my worthy arch and patron, comes tonight. By his authority I will proclaim it, that he which finds him shall deserve our thanks. Bringing the murderous coward to the stake, he that conceals him, death. 
When I dissuaded him from his intent and found him pite to do it, with cursed speech threatened to discover him, he replied, Thou unpossessing bastard, dost thou think if I would stand against thee with the reposal of any trust, virtue, or worth in thee, make thy words faith? No. All ports I'll bar. The villain shall not scape. The duke must grant me that. And of my land, loyal and natural boy, I'll work the means to make thee capable. Hmm? Enter Cornwall, Regan, and attendants. Well, how now, my noble friend? Since I came hither, which I can call but now, I have heard strange news. If it be true, all vengeance comes too short which can pursue the offender. How dost, my lord? Oh, madam, my old heart is cracked. It's cracked. What? Did my father's godson seek your life? He whom my father named your Edgar? Oh, lady, lady, shame would have it hid. Was he not companion with the riotous knights that tended upon my father? I know not, madam. Tis too bad, too bad. Yes, madam. He was of that consort. No marvel, then, though he were ill-affected. Tis they have put him on the old man's death, to have the expense and waste of his revenues. I have this present evening from my sister been well informed of them, and with such cautions that if they come to sojourn at my house, I'll not be there. Nor I assure thee, Regan. Edmund, I hear that you have shown your father a childlike office. It was my duty, sir. Mm. He did beray his practice, and received this hurt, you see, striving to apprehend him. Is he pursued? Aye, my good lord. Well, if he be taken, he shall never more be feared of doing harm. Make your own purpose, now in my strength you please. For you, Edmund, whose virtue and obedience doth this instant so much commend itself, you shall be ours. Natures of such deep trust we shall much need, you we first seize on. I shall serve you, sir, truly, however else. For him I thank your grace. Uh, you know not why we came to visit you? Thus, out of season, threading dark-eyed night, occasions, noble Gloucester, of some poise, wherein we must have use of your advice. Our father, he hath writ, so hath our sister, of differences, which I best thought it fit to answer from our home. I serve you, madam. Your graces are right welcome. The castle's courtyard. Enter Kent in disguise and Oswald. Good dawning to thee, friend. Art of this house? Aye. Where may we set our horses? In the mire. Prithee, if thou lovest me, tell me. I love thee not. Why, then I care not for thee. If I had thee in Lipsbury pinfold, I would make thee care for me. Why dost thou use me thus? I know thee not. Fellow, I know thee. What dost thou know me for? A knave, a rascal, an eater of broken meats, a base, proud, shallow, beggarly, three-suited, hundred-pound, filthy-worsted stocking knave, a lily-livered, action-taking, whore-sun, glass-gazing, super-serviceable, finical rogue, 
a one-trunk inheriting slave, one that wouldst be a bawd in way of good service, and art nothing but the composition of a knave, beggar, coward, pander, and the son and heir of a mongrel bitch, one whom I will beat into clamorous whining if thou deniest the least syllable of thy addition. Away, I have nothing to do with thee. Draw, you rascal! You come with letters against the king, and take vanity the puppet's part against the royalty of her father. Draw, you rogue, or I'll soak carbon out of your shanks. Draw, you rascal, come your ways. Help! Who? Murder, help! Strike, you slave. Stand, rogue, stand, you neat slave. Strike! Help! Who? Murder! Murder! Enter Edmund, Cornwall, Regan, Gloucester. How now? What's the matter? Part! With you, Goodman boy, if you please. Come, I'll flesh you. Come on, young master. Weapons, arms? What's the matter here? Keep peace upon your lives. He dies that strikes again. What is the matter? The messengers from our sister and the king. What is your difference? Speak. I am scarce in breath, my lord. No marvel you have so bestirred your valor, you cowardly rascal. Speak yet, how grew your quarrel? This ancient ruffian, sir, whose life I have spared at suit of his gray beard. Thou horse on Zed, thou unnecessary letter, spare my gray beard, you wagtail. Peace, sirrah, you beastly knave, know you no reverence. Yes, sir, but anger hath a privilege. Why art thou angry? That such a slave as this should wear a sword who wears no honesty? A plague upon your epileptic visage. Smile you, my speeches, as I were a fool. Goose, if I had you upon Sarum Plain, I'd drive you cackling home to Camelot. What? Art thou mad, old fellow? Uh, I'll fell you out. Say that. No contraries hold more antipathy than I and such a knave. What is his fault? He cannot flatter he, an honest mind and plain, he must speak truth, and they will take it so, if not, he's plain. Uh, what means by this? What was the offense you gave him? I never gave him any. It pleased the king, his master, very late to strike upon me, upon his misconstruction, when he, compact and flattering his displeasure, tripped me behind. Being down, insulted, railed, and put upon him such a deal of man that worthied him, got praises of the king for him attempting who was self-subdued. And in the fleshment of this dread exploit, drew on me here again. <sighs> Fetch forth the stocks, you stubborn ancient knave, the irreverent braggart will teach you. Sir, I am too old to learn. Call not your stocks for me. I serve the king, on whose employment I was sent to you. Fetch forth the stocks, as I have life and honor. There shall he sit till noon. Till noon? Till night, my lord, and all night, too. Why, madam, if I were your father's dog, you should not use me so. Sir, being his knave, I will. This is a fellow of the self-same color our sister speaks of. Come, bring away the stocks. Let me beseech your grace not to do so. I'll answer that. My sister may receive it much more worse to have her gentleman abused, assaulted for following her affairs, put in his legs. Kent is put in the stocks. Come, my good lord, away. 
I am sorry for thee, friend. Tis the Duke's pleasure, whose disposition all the world well knows will not be rubbed nor stopped. I'll entreat for thee. Pray do not, sir. I have watched and traveled hard. Sometime I shall sleep out, the rest I'll whistle. A good man's fortune may grow out at heels. Give you good morrow. The Duke's to blame in this. Twill be ill taken. Good king, that must approve the common saw, thou out of heaven's benediction comest to the warm sun. Approach, beacon, to this underglobe, that by thy comfortable beams I may peruse this letter. Nothing almost sees miracles but misery. I notice from Cordelia, who hath most fortunately been informed of my obscured course, and shall find time from this enormous state, seeking to give losses their remedies. Ugh. Weary and o'erwatched, take vantage, heavy eyes, not to behold this shameful lodging. Fortune, good night. Smile once more. Turn thy wheel. He sleeps. Enter Edgar. I heard myself proclaimed, and by the happy hollow of a tree escaped the hunt. No port is free, no place that guard and most unusual vigilance does not attend my taking. Whilst I may scape, I will preserve myself, and am bethought to take the basest and most poorest shape that ever penury and contempt of man brought near to beast. My face I'll grime with filth, blanket my loins, elf all my hairs in knots, and with presented nakedness outface the winds and persecutions of the sky. The country gives me proof and precedent of bedlam beggars who with roaring voices strike in their numbed and mortified arms, pins, wooden pricks, nails, sprigs of rosemary, and with this horrible object from low farms, poor pelting villages, sheepcoats, and mills, sometime with lunatic bands, sometime with prayers, enforce their charity. Poor Turley God, poor Tom. That's something yet. Edgar, I nothing am. Enter Lear and Fool. Tis strange that they should so depart from home and not send back my messenger. Oh, hail to thee, noble master. <laughs> Makes thou this shame thy pastime? No, my lord. Ha <laughs> he wears cruel garters. What's he that hath so much thy place mistook to set thee here? It is both he and she, your son and daughter. No. Yes. No, I say. I say yea. By Jupiter, I swear no. By Juno, I swear I. They durst not do't. They could not, would not do't. Tis worse than murder to do upon respect such violent outrage. Resolve me, with all modest haste, which way thou might deserve or they impose this usage coming from us? My lord, when at their home I did commend your highness letters to them, ere I was risen from the place that showed my duty, kneeling, came there a reeking post, stewed in his haste, half breathless, panting forth from Goneril his mistress' salutations. 
delivered letters, spite of intermission, which presently they read, on whose contents they summoned up their meaning, straight took horse, commanded me to follow and attend the leisure of their answer, gave me cold looks, and meeting here the other messenger, whose welcome I perceived had poisoned mine, being the very fellow which of late displayed so saucily against your highness, having more man than wit about me, drew. He raised the house with loud and coward cries. Your son and daughter found this trespass worth the shame which here it suffers. Winter's not gone yet if the wild geese fly that way. Fathers that wear rags do make their children blind, but fathers that bear bags shall see their children kind. Fortune, that errant whore, ne'er turns the key to the poor. But for all this, thou shalt have as many dollars for thy daughters as thou canst tell in a year. Oh, how this mother swells up toward my heart. Hysterica patio, down thy climbing sorrow. Thy elements below. Where is this daughter? With the earl, sir, here within. Follow me not. Stay here. Lear exits. How chance the king comes with so small a number. And thou hast been set in the stocks for that question, thou'st well deserved it. Enter Lear and Gloucester. Deny to speak with me. They are sick. They are weary. They have traveled all the night. Mere fetches. The images of revolt and flying off fetch me a better answer. My dear lord, you know the fiery quality of the duke. How unremovable and fixed he is in his own course. Vengeance, plague, death, confusion. Fiery. What quality? Why, Gloucester, Gloucester, I'd speak with the Duke of Cornwall and his wife. Well, my good lord, I have informed them so. Informed them? Dost thou understand me, man? Aye, my good lord. The king would speak with Cornwall. The dear father would with his daughter speak. Commands ten service. Are they informed of this? My breath and blood. Fiery, the fiery duke. Tell the hot duke that... No. But not yet. Maybe he is not well. Death on my state! Give me my servant forth. Go tell the duke and his wife I'd speak with him. Now presently bid them come forth and hear me, or at their chamber door I'll beat the drum till it cry sleep to death. I would have all well betwixt you. Oh, me, my heart, my rising heart, but down. Cry to it, Nuncle, as the cockney did to the eels when she put him in the paste alive. She napped him on the coxcombs with a stick and cried, Down, wantons, down! T'was her brother in that pure kindness to his horse buttered his hay. Enter Cornwall, Regan, and Gloucester. Good morrow to you both. Hail to your grace. I am glad to see your highness. Kent released. Regan, I think you are. I know what reason I have to think so. If thou shouldst not be glad, I would divorce me from thy mother's tomb, sepulchral ring, and adulteress. Oh, are you free? Some other time for that. Beloved Regan, thy sister's naught. Oh, Regan, she hath tied sharp-toothed unkindness like a vulture here. I can scarce speak to thee. Thou'lt not believe with how depraved a quality. Oh, Regan! I pray you, sir, take patience. I have hope you less know how to value her desert than she to scant her duty. Say, how is that? I cannot think my sister in the least would fail her obligation. My curses on her. Oh, sir, you are old. Nature in you stands on the very verge of his confine. 
You should be ruled and led by some discretion that discerns your state better than yourself. Therefore, I pray you that to our sister you do make return. Say you have wronged her. Ask her forgiveness? Do you but mark how this becomes the house? Lear kneels. Dear daughter, I confess that I am old. Age is unnecessary. On my knees I beg that you'll vouchsafe me raiment, bed, and food. Good sir, no more. These are unsightly tricks. Return you to my sister. Never, Regan. She hath abated me of half my train, looked black upon me, struck me with her tongue, most serpent-like upon the very heart. All the stored vengeances of heaven fall in her ungrateful top. Strike her young bones, you taking heirs, with lameness. Oh, fie, sir, fie. You nimble lightnings, dart your blinding flames into her scornful eyes. Infect her beauty, you fin-sucked fogs drawn by the powerful sun to fall and blister. Oh, the blessed gods, so will you wish on me when the rash mood is on. No, Regan. Thou shalt never have my curse. Thy tender-hefted nature shall not give thee o'er to harshness. Her eyes are fierce, but thine do comfort and not burn. Tis not in thee to grudge my pleasures, to cut off my trade, to bandy hasty words, to scant my sizes, and in conclusion, to oppose the bolt against my coming in. Good, sir, to the purpose. Who put my man in the stocks? What trumpet's that? I know it, my sisters. This approves her letter that she would soon be here. Enter Oswald. Is your lady come? This is a slave whose easy-borrowed pride dwells in the fickle grace of her he follows. Out, fallen from my sight. What means your grace? Who stalked my servant? Regan, I have good hope thou didst not know aunt. Enter Goneril. Who comes here? Oh, heavens. If you do love old men, if your sweet sway allow obedience, if you yourselves are old, make it your cause. Send down and take my part. Art not ashamed to look upon this beard? Oh, Regan. Will you take her by the hand? Why not by the hand, sir? How have I offended? All's not offense that indiscretion finds and dotage terms so. Oh, sides, you are too tough. Will you yet hold? How came my man in the stocks? I set him there, sir, but his own disorders deserved much less advancement. You? Did you? I pray you, father. Being weak seems so. If till the expiration of your month you will return and sojourn with my sister, dismissing half your train, come then to me. Return to her? And fifty men dismissed? No! Rather I abjure all roofs and choose to wage against the entity of the air to be a comrade with the wolf and owl necessity's sharp pinch. Return with her. Persuade me rather to be slave and something to this detested groom. At your choice, sir. I prithee, daughter, do not make me mad. I will not trouble thee, my child, farewell. 
We'll no more meet, no more see one another. But yet thou art my flesh, my blood, my daughter, or rather a disease that's in my flesh, which I must needs call mine. Thou art a boil, a plague sore, or embossed carbuncle in my corrupted blood, but I'll not chide thee. Let shame come when it will. I do not call it. I do not bid the thunder bearer shoot, nor tell tales of thee to hide judging Jove. Men, when thou canst, be better at thy leisure. I can be patient. I can stay with Regan, I and my hundred knights. Not altogether so. I looked not for you yet, nor am provided for your fit welcome. Give ear, sir, to my sister, for those that mingle reason with your passion must be content to think you old, and so. But she knows what she does. Is this well spoken? I dare avouch it, sir. What, fifty followers? Is it not well? What should you need of more? Yea. Or so many, sith that both charge and danger speak against so great a number. How in one house should many people under two commands hold amity? Tis hard, almost impossible. Why might not you, my lord, receive attendance from those that she calls servants, or from mine? Why not, my lord? If then they chanced to slack you, we could control them. If you will come to me, for now I spy a danger, I entreat you to bring but five and twenty. To no more will I give place or notice. I gave you all. And in good time you gave it. Made you my guardians, my depositories. But kept a reservation to be followed with such a number. What, must I come to you with five and twenty? Regan said you so? And speak it again, my lord. No more with me. Those wicked creatures yet do look well favored when others are more wicked. Not being the worst stands in some rank of praise. I'll go with thee. Thy fifty yet doth double five and twenty, and thou art twice her love. Hear me, my lord. What need you five and twenty, ten or five, to follow in a house where twice so many have a command to tend you? What need one? Oh, reason not the need! How basest beggars are in the poorest things superfluous. Allow not nature more than nature needs. Man's life is cheap as beasts. Thou art a lady, if only to go warm or gorgeous. Why, nature needs not what thou gorgeous wearst, which scarcely keeps thee warm. But for true need, you heavens, give me patience, patience I need. You see me here, you gods, a poor old man as full of grief as age, wretched in both. If it be you that stirs these daughters' hearts against their father, fool me not so much to bear it tamely. Touch me with noble anger, and let not women's weapons, water drops, stain my man's cheeks. No, you unnatural hags, I will have such revenges on you both that all the world shall... I will do such things... What they are yet, I know not, but they shall be the terrors of the earth. You think I'll weep? No, I'll not weep. I have full cause of weeping, but this heart shall break into a hundred thousand flaws, or ere I'll weep. 
Oh, fool. I shall go mad. Lear, Kent, Gloucester, and Fool exit. Let us withdraw. T'will be a storm. This house is little. The old man and his people cannot be well bestowed. Tis his own blame hath put himself from rest, and must needs taste his folly. For his particular I'll receive him gladly, but not one follower. So am I purposed. Where is my lord of Gloucester? Follow the old man forth. Enter Gloucester. Maze returned. The king is in high rage. Whither is he going? He calls to horse, but will I know not whither? Tis best to give him his way. He leads himself. My lord, entreat him by no means to stay. Alack, the night comes on, and the high winds do sorely ruffle. For many miles about, there's scarce a bush. Oh, sir, to willful men the injuries that they themselves procure must be their schoolmasters. Shut up your doors. Shut up your doors, my lord. Tis a wild night. My rig and consul's will come out of the storm. The Heath. Enter Lear and Fold. Blow, winds, and crack your cheeks! Rage! Blow! You cataracts and hurricanos, spout till you have drenched our steeples, drown the cocks! You sulfurous and thought-executing fires, vaunt couriers of oak, cleaving thunderbolts, singe my white head! And thou, all shaking thunder, strike flat the thick rotundity of the world. Crack nature's moles, all Germans spill at once, that makes ingrateful man. Good uncle, in. Ask thy daughter's blessing. Here's a night that pities neither wise men nor fools. Rumble thy belly full, spit fire, spout rain, nor rain. Wind, thunder, fire are my daughters. I tax not you, you elements with unkindness. I never gave you kingdom, called you children. You owe me no subscription? Then let fall your horrible pleasure. Here I stand your slave, a poor, infirm, weak, and despised old man. But yet I called you servile ministers that will, with two pernicious daughters, join your high engendered battles against a head so old and white as this. <laughs> Tis foul. He that has a house to put his head in has a good headpiece. No, I will be the pattern of all patience. I will say nothing. Enter Kent in disguise. Who's there? Alas, sir, are you here? Let the great gods that keep this dreadful put o'er our heads find out their enemies now. 
Gracious, my lord, hard by here is a hovel. Some friendship will lend you against the tempest. Repose you there. My wits begin to turn. Come on, my boy. How dost my boy? Art cold? I am cold myself. Where is this straw, my fellow? Come, bring us to this hovel. Gloucester's Castle. Enter Gloucester and Edmund. Alack, alack, Edmund. I like not this unnatural dealing. They took from me the use of mine own house, charged me on pain of perpetual displeasure neither to speak of him, entreat for him, or in any way sustain him. Most savage and unnatural. Go to, say you nothing. I have received a letter this night. "'Tis dangerous to be spoken. I've locked the letter in my closet. These injuries the king now bears will be revenged home. There's part of a power already footed. We must incline to the king. I will look for him. Go you and maintain talk with the duke, that my charity be not of him perceived. If he ask for me, I am ill and gone to bed. If I die for it, as no less is threatened me, the king, my old master, must be relieved. There are strange things toward, Edmund. Pray you, be careful. Gloucester exits. This courtesy forbid thee shall the duke instantly know, and of that letter too. This seems a fair deserving, and must draw me that which my father loses, no less than all. The younger rises when the old doth fall. The Heath. Enter Lear, Kent in disguise, and Fold. Here is the place, my lord. Good my lord, enter. The tyranny of the open night's too rough for nature to endure. Let me alone. Good my lord, enter here. Wilt break my heart? I had rather break mine own. Good my lord, enter. Thou thinks tis much that this contentious storm invades us to the skin. So tis to thee. But where the greater malady is fixed, the lesser is scarce felt. Pour on, I will endure. In such a night as this, oh, Regan, Goneril, your old kind father whose frank heart gave all. Oh, that way madness lies. Let me shun that. No more of that. Good, my lord, enter here. Prithee, go in thyself. Seek thine own ease. This tempest will not give me leave to ponder on things will hurt me more. But I'll go in. In, boy, go first, you houseless poverty. Nay, get thee in. I'll pray, and then I'll sleep. 
full exits. Poor naked wretches, wheresoever you are, that bide the pelting of this pitiless storm. How shall your houseless heads and unfed sides, your looped and windowed raggedness, defend you from seasons such as these? Fathom and a half, fathom and a half, poor Tom. Enter full. Come not in here, Nuncle. Here's a spirit. Help me, help me. Give me thy hand. Who's there? A spirit, a spirit. He says his name's poor Tom. What art thou that dost grumble there in the straw? Come forth. Enter Edgar in disguise. Away! The foul fiend follows me. Through the sharp hawthorn blows the cold wind. Hum! Go to thy cold bed and warm thee. Didst thou give all to thy daughters? And art thou come to this? Who gives anything to poor Tom, whom the foul fiend hath led through fire and through flame, through ford and whirlpool, o'er bog and quagmire? Bless thy five wits, Tom's a cold, oh, doody, doody, doody. Has his daughters brought him to this pass? Couldst thou save nothing? Wouldst thou give them all? Nay, he reserved a blanket, else we had all been shamed. Now all the plagues that in the pendulous air hang fated o'er men's faults light on my daughters. He hath no daughters, sir. Death, traitor! Nothing could have subdued nature to such a lowness but his unkind daughters. Is it the fashion that discarded fathers should have thus little mercy on their flesh? Judicious punishment! Twas this flesh that begot those pelican daughters. Pillicock sat on Pillicock Hill, allo, allo, woo-woo. This cold night will turn us all to fools and madmen. Obey thy parents, keep thy words justice, swear not, commit not with man-sworn spouse. Set not thy sweetheart on proud array. Tom's a cold. Thou art better in a grave than to answer with thy uncovered body this extremity of the skies. Is man no more than this? Consider him well. Thou owest the worm no silk, the beast no hide, the sheep no wool, the cat no perfume. Ha! Here's three arms of sophisticated. Thou art the thing itself. Unaccommodated man is no more but such a poor, bare, forked animal as thou art. Off, off, you lendings. Come, unbutton here. Prithee, Nuncle, be contented. Tis naughty night to swim in. Enter Gloucester. Look, here comes a walking fire. This is the foul fiend Flippity-Gibbet. He begins at curfew and walks until the first cock. He gives the web and the pin, squints the eye, and makes the hair lip, mildews the white wheat, and hurts the poor creature of earth. How fares your grace? What's he? Who's there? What is it you seek? What, what are you there? What are your names? Poor Tom, that eats the swimming frog, the, the toad, the tadpole, the wall newt, and the water. Peace, smoking. Peace, thou fiend. What? what Hath your grace no better company? The Prince of Darkness is a gentleman. Modo, he's called. And Mar. Our flesh and blood, my lord, is grown so vile that it doth hate what gets it. Poor Tom's a cold. Go in with me. My duty cannot suffer to obey in all your daughter's hard commands. Though their injunction be to bar my doors and let this tyrannous night take hold upon you, 
Yet have I ventured to come seek you out and bring you where both fire and food is ready. First, let me talk with this philosopher. What is the cause of thunder? Good my lord, take his offer. Go into the house. I'll talk a word with the same learned Theban. What is your study? How to prevent the fiend and to kill vermin. Let me ask you one word in private. Importune him once more to go, my lord. His wits begin to unsettle. Canst thou blame him? His daughters seek his death. Oh, that good Kent. He said it would be thus. Poor banished man. Thou sayest the king grows mad. I'll tell thee, friend. I am almost mad myself. I had a son, now outlawed from my blood. He sought my life, but lately, very late. I loved him. Friend, no father his son dearer. What a night this I do beseech your grace! Oh, cry you mercy, sir! Noble philosopher, your company. Tom's a cold! In, fellow, there, into the hovel. Keep thee warm. Come. Let's in all. This way, my lord. With him. I will keep still with my philosopher. Good, my lord, soothe him. Let him take the fellow. Take him, you are. Sirrah, come on, go along with us. Come, good Athenian. No words, no words. Hush. Foster's Castle. Enter Cornwall and Edmund. I will have my revenge ere I depart his house. How, oh, my lord, I may be censured that nature thus gives way to loyalty. Something fears me to think of. And I now perceive it was not altogether your brother's evil disposition made him seek his death, but a provoking merit set a work by a reprovable badness in himself. How malicious is my fortune that I must repent to be just. This is the letter he spoke of, which approves him an intelligent party to the advantages of France. Oh, heavens, that this treason were not, or not I, the detector. Hmm. Go with me to the Duchess. If the matter of this paper be certain, you have mighty business in hand. Oh, true or false, it hath made thee Earl of Gloucester. Seek out where thy father is, and he may be ready for our apprehension. If I find him comforting the king, it will stuff his suspicion more fully. I will persevere in my course of loyalty, though the conflict be sore between that and my blood. I will lay trust upon thee, and thou shalt find a dearer father in my love. A farmhouse on Gloucester's land. Enter Kent and Gloucester. Here is better than the open air. Take it, thankfully. I will piece out the comfort with what addition I can. The gods reward your kindness. Enter Lear, Edgar, and Fool. Frateretto calls me and tells me Nero is an angler in the Lake of Darkness. 
pray innocent, and beware the foul fiend. Prithee, Nuncle, tell me whether Madman be a gentleman or a yeoman. A king! A king! No, he's a yeoman that has a gentleman to his son, for he's a mad yeoman that sees his son a gentleman before him. To have a thousand with red burning spits come hissing in upon him. The foul fiend bites my back. He's mad that trusts in the tameness of a wolf, a horse's health, a boar's love, or a whore's oath. It shall be done. I will arraign them straight. Come, sit thou here, most learned justice. Now, sapient sir, sit here. Now, you she-foxes! Look where he stands and glares. How do you, sir? Stand you not so amazed? Will you lie down and rest upon the cushions? I'll see their trial first. Bring in their evidence. Thou robed man of justice, take thy place. A bench by his side. You are all the commission. Sit you too. Let us deal justly. Arraign her first. Tis Goneril. I here take my oath, before this honorable assembly, kicked the poor king her father. Come hither, mistress. Is your name Goneril? She cannot deny it. Cry you mercy, I took you for a joint stool. And here's another whose warped looks proclaim what store her heart is made on. Stop her there! Arms, arms, sword, sire! Corruption to the place! False justice, sir! Why hast thou let her escape? Bless thy five wits. Oh, pity. Sir, where is the patience now that you so often boasted to retain? The little dogs and all. Trey, Blanche, and Sweetheart, see, they bark at me. Tom will throw his head at them. Avant, you curs! Then let them anatomize, Regan. See what breeds about her heart. Is there any cause in nature that makes these hard hearts? You, sir, I entertain you for one of my hundred, only I do not like the fashion of your garments. You will say they are Persian, but let them be changed. Now, good my lord, lie here and rest a while. Make no noise. Make no noise. Draw the curtains. So, so, we'll go to supper in the morning. And I'll go to bed at noon. Enter Gloucester. Come here, there, friend. Where is the king, my master? Here, sir. But trouble him not, his wits are gone. Good friend, I prithee, take him in thy arms. I have overheard a plot of death upon him. There is a litter ready. Lay him in, and drive toward Dover, friend, where thou shalt meet both welcome and protection. Take up thy master. If thou shouldst dally half an hour, his life with thine and all that offer to defend him stand in assured loss. Take up, take up, and follow me. That will to some provision give thee quick conduct. Oppressive nature sleeps. This rest might yet have balmed thy broken sinews, which, if convenience will not allow, stand in hard cure. Come, help to bear thy master. Thou must not stay behind. Come. Come away! When we our better see bearing our woes, we scarcely think our miseries are foes. Who alone suffers, suffers most of the mind, leaving free things and happy shows behind. But then the mind much sufferance doth or skip when grief hath mates in bearing fellowship. How light and portable my pain seems now when that which makes me bend makes the king bow. 
he childed as I fathered. Tom, away. Mark the high noises, and thyself beray when false opinion, whose wrong thoughts defile thee, in thy just proof repeals and reconciles thee. What will hap more tonight? Safe scape the king. Lurk, lurk. Gloucester's Castle. Enter Cornwall, Regan, Goneril, Edmund, and servants. Post speedily to my lord, your husband. Show him this letter. The army of France is landed. Seek out the traitor Gloucester. Hang him instantly. Pluck out his eyes. Leave him to my displeasure. Edmund, keep you our sister company. The revenges we are bound to take upon your traitorous father are not fit for your beholding. Advise the Duke where you are going to a most festinate preparation. We are bound to the like. Our post shall be swift and intelligent betwixt us. Farewell, dear sister. Farewell, my lord of Gloucester. Enter Oswald. How now? Where's the king? My lord of Gloucester hath conveyed him hence. Some five or six and thirty of his knights, hot questress after him, met him at gate, who with some other of the lord's dependents are gone with him toward Dover, where they boast to have well-armed friends. Get horses for your mistress. Farewell, sweet lord and sister. Edmund, farewell. Goneril and Edmund exit. Go seek the traitor Gloucester. Pinion him like a thief. Bring him before us. Though well we may not pass upon his life without the form of justice, yet our power shall do a curtsy to our wrath, which men may blame, but not control. Enter Gloucester. Who's that? The traitor? Ingrateful fox, tis he! Bind fast his corky arms. What, what means your graces? Good, my friends, consider you are my guests. Do me no foul play, friends. Bind him, I say. Hard, hard, oh filthy traitor. Unmerciful lady as you are, I'm none. To this chair, bind him. Villain, thou shalt find. Regan plucks ah, ah, Gloucester's beard. By the kind gods, tis most ignobly done to pluck me by the beard. So white and such a traitor. Naughty lady, these hairs which thou dost ravish from my chin will quicken and accuse thee. I am your host. With robber's hands, my hospitable favors, you should not ruffle thus. What will you do? Come, sir, what letters heard you late from France? Be simple answered, for we know the truth. And what confederacy have you with the traitors late-footed in the kingdom? To whose hands have you sent the lunatic king? Speak! I have a letter, guessingly set down, which came from one that's of a neutral heart, and not from one opposed. Cunning. And false. Where hast thou sent the king? To Dover. Wherefore to Dover? Wast thou not charged at peril? Wherefore to Dover? Let him answer that. I am tied to the stake, and I must stand the course. Wherefore to Dover? Because I would not see thy cruel nails pluck out his poor old eyes. 
nor thy fierce sister in his anointed flesh stick boorish fangs. The sea, with such a storm as his bare head in hell-black night endured, would have buoyed up and quenched the stellid fires. Yet, poor old heart, he hoped the heavens to rain. If wolves had at thy gate howled that stern time, thou shouldst have said, Good porter, turn the key! All cruels else subscribe, but I shall see the winged vengeance o'ertake such children. Sit, shalt thou never. Fellows, hold the chair upon these eyes of thine. I'll set my Cornwall forces out one of Gloucester's eyes. Uh, he, he that will think to live till he be old, give me some help. Oh, cruel, oh, you gods. One side will mock another, the other too. If you see vengeance. Hold your hand, my lord. I have served you ever since I was a child. But better service have I never done you than now to bid you hold. How now, you dog? If you did wear a beard upon your chin, I'd shake it on this quarrel. What do you mean? My villain! Nay then, come on and take the chance of anger. Give me thy sword. A peasant stand up thus. Oh! <coughs> I am slain. My lord, you have one eye left to see some mischief on him. Lest it seem more prevented. Out, royal jelly! All dark and comfortless. Where's my son, Edmund? Edmund, enkindle all the sparks of nature to quit this horrid act. Out, treacherous villain. Thou call'st on him that hates thee. It was he that made the overture of thy treasons to us, who is too good to pity thee. Oh, my follies. Then Edgar was abused. Kind gods, forgive me that, and prosper him. Go thrust him out at gates, and let him smell his way to Dover. Next time on King Lear. Sirrah, naked fellow. Bless thy sweet eyes, they bleed. Knowst thou the way to Dover? Both style and gate, horseway and footpath. There is a cliff whose high and bending head looks fearfully in the confined deep. From that place I shall no leading Oh, my good lord, the Duke of Cornwall's dead, slain by his servant, going to put out the other eye of Gloucester. Gloucester's eyes? Do not laugh at me! For as I am a man, I think this lady to be my child, Cordelia. And so I am. I am. You must bear with me. Pray you now forget and forgive I am old and foolish.